The Marty's Music Kitchen podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Oregon Music News. Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun cooking podcast with creative people where anything can happen. My guest today is Jenny Conley. You might know her from the Decemberists or from her many solo ventures, but in today's kitchen, she is a gardener, self-proclaimed music geek, and chef. We're making a rich and healthy borscht, absolutely packed with vegetables from Jenny's garden. I've definitely had this trip about cooking and music and how it's sort of similar. You think about the little bowl onions, that's like the drums, or maybe it's the bass. I don't know what the tomatoes would be. Strings, strings. The strings, because it's like the kind of yes. binds it together. Yes. Yes. And then the very end, when we put the lemon on, that's like the harmony vocal. And like. So come experience the stories, the cooking hacks, and music, featuring a live performance from Jenny on this episode of Marty's Music Kitchen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marty, thanks for having me. I am so glad to be here, I'm excited. I've got um, all for once in my, all for once in my life. It's one of my all-time favorite videos. Oh, that's so cool. Our friend Autumn DeWild did that video. Did she really? That's her, she was our photographer for a few record cycles and then her brother is the subject of the video. They, they're both very tall people. I mean, Autumn's like six foot four or something, and then he is seven foot something, and right. he's you know struggled his whole life with that, and she's always wanted to find a way to kind of celebrate him. And yeah. it's a fantastic video for listeners out there who haven't you know checked it out. So um, anyway, I've been listening to a lot of Decemberists lately, lately, and mm-hmm. uh, I've just been enjoying the heck out of everything. Great. But, well, what are we making today? We're making borscht. Borscht. And borscht is a, it's kind of new to me, but um, my husband who I married, um, it's been many years now, but he's half Polish and he's on his mother's side Polish. So that means that he's culturally Polish, meaning that like whoever (laughs) cooks the food is the influencer in the house with like that. Uh So they have a very Polish um, tradition around holidays. So borscht is always part of that. And his grandmother, Babshi, which is just the Polish word for grandmother, um, Babshi always had a borscht going on the stove. Though so her borscht was had um, meat in it and potatoes, and she would blend it up and make it into like, with cream, a richer flavor, um, delicious. But um, we host a Polish Christmas every year, and I do the borscht, and a lot of our friends are vegetarians, so we I do a vegetarian version. And I like to taste the vegetables, so I keep them in little pieces so you can taste the beet or taste the carrot. So we've got some celery here and um, are these red beets? Yep. Um, All chopped up and pretty. And then white onion and then what's this ingredient? You know, that is a a diced tomatoes I got in a can. The recipe calls for four tomatoes peeled, seeded and chopped, but it's not really tomato season and so. Yeah, well see, that's what I'm all about is like, I mean, there are some meals that you want to take your time and do that. But mm-hmm. I would say for most everyday cooking, I'm always looking for the shortcuts. Yeah. So like, did you know you can freeze onions? No. Um, I freeze them all the time. So when I chop onions, I usually, I'm super sensitive. I just cry like crazy. Mm. And so I tend to chop them all at once in big batches and then throw them in a really heavy duty freezer bag. And then whenever I want them, I just break off a chunk and throw it in whatever. And it takes just a few seconds, or if you want them thawed, 
10 seconds on the microwave and you've got it. Whoa, that is a hack that I've it not It is heard a of. hack. Yes, today. thank you. And the, um, oh, and I great. see some carrots, garlic. Carrots, yeah. so yeah, it yeah, starts with, um, I think what the French call it, a mirepoix or mirepoix. Yep. Which is the basis for most soups. And a yes. lot of borscht don't have the mirepoix in it. They don't have the carrot and the celery, but I'm a big fan of the crunchy, just veginess of it. Yeah, the flavor. So um, we'll start with some butter because, I mean, and if you're vegan, you can use olive oil or whatever oil, but I use butter because it tastes good. Um, awesome. And we put it in there like that and there it goes. And we're just gonna let that melt for a second. Oh, I wanted to mention another thing about the borscht is I love to garden. And um, I always grow beets because beets grow great here in Oregon. Okay, wait, what do beets look like? Well, the tops, when they're coming out of the ground, they look like Swiss chard. Okay. And actually I use the beet greens from these beets that I bought at the store in, my, in a salad. You can use them for just like you would use kale. Okay. It looks like Swiss chard, but then the big bulb comes, starts to pop out of the ground. And then when it starts to get like a quarter inch or half inch out of the ground, you know that it's ready to go. Uh-huh. They can stay in the ground for a long time. So I usually let my beets, because they kind of start to really go in the summer, I keep them in the ground and I pull them out in December. And <gasps> I usually have some tomatoes that I've grown and I, we freeze those and then bring those out um, So for you Christmas. put tomatoes in your freezer? Yes, we peel them and um, seed them and then chop them and then put them in a freezer bag. But the beets just stay in the ground? The beets just stay in the ground. I had no idea. Do you start them from a bulb? I start them from seed. This year, though, the slugs got, so there's only got two out there. Um, usually they're way further along. Plus, we haven't had the sun. Yeah. So um, For those of uh, listeners that don't know, we've had a super rainy uh, season here, and it's, here it is the second week in June, and it's raining for the yeah. next four days still. And what that does for gardeners is it creates a slug problem, the mm -hmm. wet does. So anyway, so we're... Working with what we got, so I bought beets this time, and um, it's a little early for them anyway. But first thing, onions, just white onions or get yellow onions, sweet uh -huh. onions if you like that. Just put it in there. Looks like maybe about a cup. Yeah. Well, so I am giving. I'm doing a very small version of this recipe right now. Oh. Because I didn't want to have a giant eight, vat. A giant vat of borscht. <laughs> this is actually a quarter batch, and so it's going to look very small. But usually, this this whole thing would be filled up with borscht if I really? did it with the. Recipe I'm posting um, for the episode is a whole, basically, a Dutch batch. oven. Yeah. So this is just, I don't even know what it is. I have to do the math. Um, half a cup, I think. And it just has two onions. Okay. So this is, because this is a quarter, it's a half an onion. Right. <laughs> so it's a little inexact, I guess. And I don't mind any of these flavors. So if there's a little more beet than mm -hmm. the tomato, the tomato does take over flavor-wise, so we don't want to put too much in there. Ah, good tip. Yeah. And then there is a, traditionally you would, might use a brine kind of pickled vinegary essence called kvass, which is pickled beet juice. Really? Uh, you can get it at Russian stores. What's it called again? Kvass, K-V-A-S. Mm. And I just use lemon juice to get the tang. So you need some kind of an acidic element. Yeah, just to give it a little tang. And that's all the seasoning kind of happens at the end. So... Oh, you mentioned that you had a borscht story to I, share. I do have a borscht story. So uh, borscht, got to get that sh in there. Yeah. Um, my uh, aunt, Tanya, um, escaped uh, with her mother during World War II uh, to live, I guess they held hands across a field is the story I've heard. Wow. But I don't know which country, but I know that they ended up 
and the Ukraine. Mm. And uh, they, for some reason, they had found a safe home in there and everything. So, and that's where she learned to make borscht. Mm. And when I was uh, really young, we made a trip out to the East Coast where she lived most of her life. And uh, she made borscht for our family gathering. Mm. And I have to say, it was, it was such a, a wonderful time with family and eating this borscht for the first time, which was just delicious. And having the sour cream in it, and uh, mm -hmm. that's the only time I've ever had borscht. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you can see the ingredients, um, all those countries, Poland, Russia, um, Ukraine, all the northern countries there, these vegetables grow well there. Culturally, this food is kind of very universal to that whole area. Mm -hmm. oh, what a fascinating story. And well, the fact that you've never, you haven't had it since. No, I haven't, not since I was a teenager. And I love that for you, it is family. Mm -hmm. And for me, the only experience I've had with it was with family. So, you know, with like that traditional thing. And I'm sure in her mind, she came from that culture that you were talking about, mm -hmm. about that, you know, this is what we do. This is our Christmas, our Thanksgiving, yeah. all those things. So that's got a special meaning, I think. I think it does. I think these traditional foods, and they're like very, very cheap like this whole vat of borscht is probably going to cost me 15 bucks you yeah. know these are these to are... feed like 16 people yes and I think that's also part of that that kind of area is that wasn't a rich least my my husband's family was not they were not rich people this is what they ate for their Sunday dinner um, well and I I'm uh, gonna tell listeners that uh the heat's on medium yeah in case you're wondering that's so. just my go-to um and I love a Dutch oven because then you can be done and then you just put it in the fridge. Yeah. But if you don't have a Dutch oven, just any saucepan will work. But mm -hmm. a big one. Yeah. Start with a big one. We're going to do now the carrots and the celery in here. I have to look up my recipe to make sure I do this right. Do we? Here we go. Oh, it's so fun to have everything done. prepared. Ooh, All that. chopped up and ready to go. I know. So we're just going to let that do its thing for a couple more minutes. Got to soften the... Uh firm vegetables. Yep, soften them up and then it's gonna cook with everything in there. And it ends up cooking for 75 minutes. And yesterday I experimented, I was like, I'm just gonna do it for an hour. And I'm like, well, it looks like vegetables floating in broth. And then that extra 15 minutes, the broth turns purple and it becomes borscht. Like it just mm. takes how long to just like assimilate and all the color and the flavor. Every, everything's and purple and everything and is like... it becomes family. It becomes family. <laughs> they all come together in a happy bowl of deliciousness. I just got to make sure that we get everything going. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to add the beets. Ah, okay, y'all. Add the beets. Um, oh, the beets we were supposed to go in with the carrots and the celery. Well, I did the same mistake yesterday when I did it, and it came out fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a forgiving soup, right? Oh, it's absolutely forgiving. You can actually put whatever you want in here. But look how pretty that is. It is pretty. And, you know, I um, some people cook by, you know, the recipe and the flavor. But I tend to cook by color. Mm. So, like, if I'm looking for something, something to put in it, and I don't know what I'm making if I'm just putting it together... I'll put in like a can of corn just to give it some brightness mm. or into a salad or whatever. Maybe because you're a musician and you're like, oh, I want a little bit of a, I want it's, a little triangle being right here. Bing. It's all improv, man. I'm telling you, it's all improv. It's cooking <laughs> improv. I've definitely had this trip about cooking and music and how it's sort of similar. You think about the little bowl of onions, that's like, that's the drums. Or maybe it's the bass. And then maybe the rhythm section is like the carrots and the... <laughs> And then we're adding like this is the this is the ham and organ here the beets because it's got uh -huh. that robust. Oh yeah. And then we gotta have we're gonna have to put some 
I don't know what the tomatoes would be. Strings. Strings. The strings, because it's like the kind of yes. binds it together. Yes. Yes. I love your analogy. This is good. And then the very end, when we put the lemon on, that's like the harmony vocal. And like... <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of harmony vocals, don't you? Kind of. I'm really not that great at it. I, um, like when we're on the... I, hard, I really don't do that much. I try. I mean, Collins, he's like a musical theater background. His voice is really strong and big. And I sing with him on a couple really tender songs, but I don't do any of the rock stuff because I just can't. Why kill your voice? I just don't like, have the voice My job for it. is keys, accordion, and is it vibraphone? I play like a glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. And I play, you know, all the keyboard instruments. And then I play a little percussion and dance around. And yeah, stuff. I also play piano. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but I never learned, I never switched over to accordion, which you play a lot of accordion I on, do, I love on this it. music. Mm -hmm. What made you, like, well, that what was, was the transition? Before we talk about that, let's go put some tomatoes in. Strings, add the string add section. Add the string section. Um, I want to go tomatoes, and then I want to put my garlic in. Some people put crushed garlic cloves in there, and then they take them out later. I always forget to take the stuff out of the soup. So we do have one of those missions that we need to do actually right now. There's a spice ball that I think if you were more of a chef, you would have this stuff in your house, like a muslin that you can wrap right. herbs in and then drop it in. Uh -huh. I don't have that, but I um, what I use is this little tea ball. Oh, so my smart. recipe calls for a tea ball or whatever you would use to do that in. I don't know. You'll I don't. I just throw the spices in it. Oh, you do? Well, this is like whole spices that we're going to put in. Like, we're going to put some cloves in. Oh, the big guns. These guys. And these are like, I put four cloves in there. Maybe I put one extra. Oops. And then um, put peppercorns in here. And it says eight. We're going to put, we're going to try. We're going to try for it. It's almost there. It's almost there. True. Cool. Close I think enough. It's, I think it's 12, but I think it's no, <laughs> no one hates pepper. Okay. And then a bay leaf. I'm a huge fan of putting bay leaf in soup because it has so much flavor. It's like you're getting so much flavor without putting more salt in it or fat mm -hmm. in it. It's mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you're like, why, why does that taste so interesting? And did it's you know you can grow bay leaves here, Miss Gardner? I have. I did have a eucalyptus plant that wasn't a tree. It had a round leaf, not like this. But I'm sure with our new biome, with the new uh, climate change, we could probably grow some eucalyptus. Um, what we're gonna do here is put the tea ball in. And there's another <laughs> special Very thing, important. some veggie broth. I have to go to the fridge, just a second. All right, <laughs> veggie broth, gotta do it. Yeah, so I buy whatever. Um, if you make your own veggie broth, that's better, but I never do, so you oh, can just put it in. Oh, quick and easy. Yep, and then of course, if you want a richer flavor, you can do chicken broth or beef broth, or you can do it the meat way, which is a totally different experience. One of my favorite bouillon uh, cheats. I don't like the hard bouillon because it's too salty. Oh yeah. But there's a brand called Better Than Bouillon, and they make all kinds of vegetarian options if you're interested. Cool. Um, and they even have like veggie beef flavoring. Oh, okay. So if you really want to get into that, you can find it on, um, you know, any local shelf at one, any of mm -hmm. our stores here. So, and then they also have the um, the genuine flavors of chicken and, you know, made from the real stock. It's okay. just condensed down. Mm -hmm. um, I love that stuff. I keep it in my kitchen all the time. It's And it keeps just so well. You don't have to worry about buying these boxes and then like, maybe you only use half of it. Yeah. You get four cups at a time like this. I end up with 
too too much or too little. Right, and I keep these in my cupboard, but when I run out and I need a go-to and I've just got water, or if I want to give flavor to rice or something, oh, I just yeah. throw some of that stuff in it. Yeah. So, and the other thing I've taken to doing is freezing. I know it seems whatever, trite, but freezing like a half a cup of whatever I have left over, tomato paste, or chicken broth or something, and throwing it in a baggie and throwing it in my freezer. Because again, microwave, so 30 seconds. Yes, like your freezer, it's so big, let it work for you. That's right, um, make your freezer. Put, we just put this on boil, we're just gonna boil this up. And so as I said before, the real the recipe I'm giving you is gonna be totally full here. Oh wow, you really, you really uh, put it on high. You're not kidding around. Well, I'm gonna boil it, then we're gonna simmer it for 75 minutes. All right, awesome. So this will be the time when we go maybe do some other stuff. Okay, wait, I wanna smell. Yeah, smell. Uh, it smells like um, root vegetables. Yes, but you know, as a kid I didn't like beets and now I just, I'm in love with them. Once they cook, they go from kind of earthy to like candy sweet. See, that's like the same with me and sweet potatoes. I grew up hating sweet potatoes, but now um, that's my favorite. I love a sweet potato cooked like you would bake a potato, like um, coat it in a little bit of oil and then salt on the outside, and then slice it open and oh. use butter and salt on the inside. It's that sweetness and the saltiness, and uh, it's like Mother Nature's candy. It right is. There, you know, so. Well, sugar beets, you know, there's the beet that we get some sugar out of, and like carrots are very sweet too, which we know that. So it actually becomes a very sweet soup that I really like too in the summertime if it, in eating it cold. A cold borscht is also a thing that you that you do? do that people do. All right, yeah. good to know. Um, sometimes you just don't feel like having a hot soup when it's 85 degrees, but maybe a cold borscht with like a little salad. Yeah. So you're gonna leave this on what temperature? Cover well, it. Now it's it's boiling well. Okay. So now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna cover it up. I'm gonna turn it down to simmer, and we're just gonna turn this on for 75 minutes, and we're just gonna hang out and smell it. What a great thing to make like early afternoon and then mm -hmm. by the time the family's home and all that kind of stuff, you've got this really healthy, healthy dinner ready to go. It's true. And you can keep it on low forever. Like I was saying, Steve's Bopshi, she had the borscht just going. It was always just sort of simmering. You come in, she's like, would you like some borscht? So did she say, did you say Bopshi? Yeah, Bopshi is the word for grandmother in Polish. Ah. So she was the center of their family. Like mm -hmm. they had lots of cousins and aunts and uncles and everyone gathered at her house. I got to be at one of her Christmases, one of her last Christmases that she hosted, I got to be there and it was like, you have 12 dishes and they're all meatless. I mean, they consider fish not meat. And uh -huh. then you have this meal together and then you take this piece of cracker and you pass it, you, everyone takes a piece of each other's cracker, then you say a blessing to that person. Oh. And it's just like the sweetest tradition. So it's, it sounds like you might be willing to play a little bit. Yeah, maybe we'll play, I mean, I could play polka, we could play a piece that I wrote, we have all kinds of options. Sure, let's just go figure it out. Okay, sounds right. great. Rock into the music area. Yeah. Oh, you have a mini split like I do. We just got that. Um, They're wonderful. My husband has a recording studio downstairs mm -hmm. and it needed climate control and so we like well let's just put one up here because we didn't have air conditioning um so this is new and i really love it you're gonna love love it later so um oh, is it going? you have pulled here. out the uh the accordion tell me i mean it's a beautiful yeah. i don't know much about accordion so educate me okay well, this is potosa accordion potosa is actually a seattle company um but they make them the actual instruments in over in italy 
um, Fatosa's been in Seattle for over, I think, like a hundred, a hundred years. Wow. Something like that. They actually had, they used to have an accordion academy, like an actual school of accordion. It was such a popular instrument in the 40s and 50s. You know, there was an era in which people didn't, like the radio wasn't a thing and records weren't really, people, not everyone had a record player. Um, so people played piano or if they couldn't afford a piano or didn't have the space for one, they'd play accordion to accompany songs that the family would sing or friends. And I get a little bit uh, romantic about that time. I'm like, well, they had house concerts and everyone was coming over and playing together and singing songs. And that seems really sweet. And Aww. But I think there was an element of that that I think we could bring back. But anyway... Side story. Um, so this accordion is a pretty, almost a full-size accordion. I've got, so basically imagine a, you know what, you know how a harmonica works? There's a, there's a metal reed in there that you blow through. Basically this is many harmonicas and the blowing comes from the bellows. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, there's reed blocks that hold all the reeds. So there's basically four harmonicas in here. And uh -huh. there's, I guess there's probably two or three here. So this is the treble side. This is where you play your melodies. Um, all these different reed settings are like, I've got a low setting, middle setting, a different middle setting, and a high setting. And then I could put them all together and then, and they put them together kind of like an organ. You have different settings on your organ. Um, so you put like two middles together and it has this sound. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's called the violin setting. And then we have low middle, and it sounds like this. There's this one. Mm. Harmonium. So you can experiment with different sounds. And then we have our little baby. Oh, the little, little yeah. tiny sand. And then back over here, we have our um, our basses and our chords. So we have a bass row. Then we have the major chord. We have the minor chord. The dominant seventh. And the diminished chord. Oh, it just goes back. So yep. you're just taking it back a row. Right. Um, every of, time for every different chord. Right. And then on top of the bass row is the counter bass row, which is a third above. So it's a C, this button's E. And that's so you can make, um, you could do like. Oh, yeah. And that's all just with the left side, all the keys on the left. Yeah, so this is like your backup band and this is your singer over here. Again um, with the band, band analogies. Yes, I guess I can't help myself. <laughs> It's kind of like an orchestra, though. I have, like, the bass player, the piano player, and the violin player, if I have the violin setting on. And you as musicians might know that, so then this is organized in the circle of fifths. So as we know, like, the most commonly used chord in any American music or Western music is the chords are the one, four, and the five chord. So then, luckily enough, because of the circle of fifths, they're next door to each other. So C, we have a fourth down below, or a fifth down is F, a fifth up is G. So we have C, F, G. Right. So. Learn that in theory in your first week in college. So yep. there you go. So that's what's called, it's called the Stradella bass system. And um, set up well to play folk music because of those 
the accessibility of those three chords. I had no idea really how to work an accordion other than, you know, I mean, these keys before have been kind of a mystery. They kind of remind me of um, an auto harp. My mother always played uh, folk music on an auto harp um, mm -hmm. and jazz, actually, uh, when I was growing up. And it's got that same kind of, they've got a keypad and different chords that you make with the strings on the auto harp. So I was just having that symbolization with a friend of mine, one of my students. So I was like, it reminds me of the auto harp. Oh, a chord organ, like the old chord organs that you would play a chord. Cause they're all like, Maybe it's actually first inversion, but they're, like they're all the same inversions. You don't, you can't change the voicing of it. Uh -huh. So it has this sort of dorky sound that I, I'm thinking of like growing up in Presbyterian church with auto harp. Everything was this, right. It was like, so you then you have to do fun like chord combinations to make things sound different. I don't know. There's just all kinds of things you can do, but it does have that um, auto harp vibe. All right, well, I do you want to play your first first thing for us? Well, I just thought I'd play just a little snippet of a polka since we're playing, um, since okay. we're eating borscht. This is just, I'll just play the A section of the All right. polka. This is a fun little jam. <laughs> polka you know that reminds me uh we used to have a well we still do actually have a roller skating rink here oh, yeah. down at what's oaks park mm -hmm. and they used to um i know they played polkas and that was again that was open back in that time period we were talking about when the accordion was popular and they have a big organ down there yeah the pipe organ and the pipes are in the middle of the skating rink and there's that organist i don't forget his name now who just is killer and he does the most amazing stuff with that organ right well, this, uh, I love the sound of this, and it also reminds me of that family feeling of being at a baseball game, because my dad especially, his dad used to go down and buy like two big bags of peanuts and go down to the Beavers game, mm -hmm. which used to be Beavers baseball used to be in Portland when my dad was young, and um, they would always play you know, yes. organ music, accordion music, whatever mm -hmm. was, was available to pipe through everything, you know? Right, so, Yeah, exactly. Really? Um, well, I think I'll play you one of my pieces. I just I just finished a little a little record of accordion pieces. Um, I wrote it out at the Southwester, which is a little trailer park arts place in Longview, Washington. And uh -huh. I wrote a suite. It was for their arts week. I wrote a suite of pieces about different things in the area, and they were and they're all in different Greek modes because I'm a music nerd and <laughs> and I need a structure to write music. I can't just be like I gotta write a song and be like hmm. Okay, this one's gonna be in the Dorian mode. I'm gonna look for inspiration. A lot of structure, nature. right? Yeah, so I did that, and this tune is called Hawk, um, and it's in the Dorian mode, which is, um, it's very similar to a minor scale. Mm -hmm. um, so here's like your D minor scale. The Dorian mode would, would be this. Most famous we might be like, um, are you going to Very happy. 
that vibe, that is the Dorian mode. And it's an old people use it a lot in folk music. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. That's the that's the one thing I memorized from College Theory that I still remember is Id Pomal, Ionian, Dorian, oh. Phrygian, Mixolydian, Aeolian, and Locrian. Did I get nice all of them? Nice job. So, and that's why I put it into that acronym, and I've always remembered it. So, Can you say it again. I'm mean, gonna figure it out. Id Pomal. Id Pomal. I D Ionian, <laughs> Dorian, Phrygian, Pole. Uh, is it Lydian? Lydian. Uh, Mixolydian, Aeolian, and Locrian. Yeah. There you go. Teach my students. I, I just wanted to appeal to the music geek in you. So yes. it pull them out. I know. Uh, and this piece is going to show a, little, a few things the accordion can do that might not sound like polka. I mean, it's Ooh, kind of fun. the opposite. All I'm right, let's hear it. it I'm okay. excited. Okay. progression at the end is like all of those chord structures that I'm so attracted to I love them it really speaks to me I think me. it's because the modalness of it like having the tonal center be D minor scale the four chord would usually be minor but in this case it's major so it's like you get this minor and then so that's an unusual sound 
sound for us. Mm -hmm. And then the five chord, which is usually major, is minor. It's like. And we have this the seven chord being major, which is super fun. Like a lot of like, you know, um, the Irish music is one, seven, one. So minor, major, minor, which mm -hmm. is super fun to um, kind of experiment with that. To play around with. Yeah. So what a beautiful um, piece. And what album is it on? Well, it's going to come out. I just got a label deal with Jealous Butcher Records. And it's So we're not going to put it out till spring because it takes like six months to get vinyl printed right now because oh. of backlog from COVID and then there's just it's to release it until then and so I wrote a suite of accordion pieces and a suite of piano pieces which will be the back side of the album so it's called Tides it will be called Tides when it comes out they're gonna force me to get a record player I've been holding out well it'll come out on CD and digitally as well. I gotta but get a CD player. it's sometimes fun to just put the record on. We're, we're obviously record people. It is. So. It is fun. Yeah, a lot of record people, and that's a good thing. So, yeah. Well, this has really been educational for me, and I appreciate the tour of the instrument, and you yes. play so beautifully. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I appreciate your geekness. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm a geek. Um, accordion's kind of made a comeback. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's being used in pop music a lot more. And I do feel like there's more bands that are kind of in doing more folky music. I'm going to say that you probably have been influential in that um, because, you know, I mean, the December is the first album was what, 2001. Mm -hmm. So and here we are 20 some odd years later and you were using accordion on stage then. So, yeah. you know, maybe you can take some of that credit for bringing that back into the culture yeah. of pop music of, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah, I think I got the, the idea from like R.E.M. from that, that, there's that record Automatic for the People, that kind oh. of acoustic record. Uh -huh. And um, I think it's Mike Mills that plays accordion on that record. Like, ba -da 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 -ba -da. I mean, it's real simple lines, but that's the way I play with the Decemberists. I don't play polkas or I don't play fancy stuff. I just play melodic lines and it's, I kind of treat it like, I kind of play it like an organ. Like I just kind of pad things and, mm -hmm. but I do know that there's people who were like, I didn't know that accordion could sound like that. And ooh. Oh, it looks like it's pretty much done. Now let's let it settle down. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> too hot, too cold. It's fantastic. Well, look at the color. I know, it's going to be. I mean, wow. Uh, you weren't kidding that it's that beautiful dark red and it seeped, uh, kind of blended everything together. Yeah. And yep. then you guys, um, you were touring with, well, at least the Decemberists. I didn't look. Yeah, I have a few gigs coming up. Um, playing with Casey Neal tonight, actually, at the Alberta Street Pub. And then I'll play with Casey again next weekend. And what does he play? Casey Neal? Yeah. Um, guitar and write songs. Mm -hmm. We've been playing together for a lot of, lot of years. Um, so kind of like whenever I'm back from December's tour, I'll play with a handful of people like my friend Ashley Flynn or the Minus Five is Scott McCoy's, but his project. So I got those gigs and then I teach piano and accordion lessons. So I, I just got done. This is like my, actually my last week was this week. and. Um, so now summer is going to be playing shows and then back at it again. Back at it again. Yeah. yeah. I noticed the schedules, uh, especially in August, mm -hmm. it looks like it's straight through. Yep. Like it's one long you tour. You are yeah. on the road. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's been like five years since we played a show. 
I mean, I saw um, tour dates of Portland and L.A. and then all over the Midwest mm -hmm. and just East a little Coast. bit of everywhere. Mm -hmm. A little Canada. Do you guys eat when you're on the road? We eat food. Oh, that's what I wanted to, I wanted to tell you. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you eat food. So, so. we do eat food. Um, a lot of time it's catering at the venue. Um, uh -huh. We go out on nights off and then, but I have a little fake cooking show called The Galley Chef. What? Um, what? And it's like a, I've never put anything up on YouTube or anything because it's like, I'm really bad at it. I just do it for fun on tour. It's like bus cooking. <gasps> and so it's like, my friend John started it, our drummer started it, back when there was no, you couldn't make a video on your phone. It was a blog with like some <laughs> photos. Yeah. And his galley chef hack is like, because we only have a microwave, um, there's no stove top or anything. So he makes this egg thing in a cup, you know, uh -huh. and like makes, oh, it's called a double puff muff. So you put the egg in there and it puffs up and you got to mm -hmm. do it again. It puffs up again. That's the double puff part. Right. And you can put cheese on it and then uh -huh. put it on. We have a toaster. So you put on some toast. So I've done like three or four episodes. One is just making granola. <laughs> and one is my friend Kelly, our singer. She's from Georgia and they make this thing called Louisiana crackers. And it's like a homemade Dorito. And that's a fascinating episode. Um, okay, well, item. just um, if you're ever, you know, you're getting on the tour bus and you want to make a meal, you call me up. I'm not far away and I will come and I, I want to see the galley kitchen. I just want to okay, see it. Right. I just want to hang out and see the, how the kitchen works because that okay. is like so very it's cool. Fun. Usually it's late at night, so it's, you know, silly. Yeah, well, that's the that's the best time, right? Yeah. So. All right, yep. shall we check the soup? Oh, the borscht is ready, everybody. Uh, it see is how really it is? beautiful. The colors have all aligned and they've become one. They're all part of the family. <laughs> and then this is the where we- The band is back together again. We take out the spice ball. That is a brilliant, brilliant hack. Mm. Using the tea ball. Yeah. I will remember that for later. Yes. So then here is just like the finishing touches to this. So we're gonna just put a little salt and pepper in here. Okay. Um, and I just do like, I don't know, one, four, five. Six. A bit of salt, season it up. Yeah. And then a ton of pepper. Well, not a ton, but a decent amount. And then we're gonna put in, um, I'm doing half the recipe, but usually you would put a whole lemon. Juice it up. Dump it in, and maybe be more careful if, if you get any seeds in there. Um, so now we're pretty much ready to go. Let me just prepare our garnishes. So we have, All right. I kinda like to put a little hard boiled egg on top. Do kind you of, really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. I think it sounds delicious. I mean, it's all in the family, right? Like sour cream and eggs and... What band member is this? This is like the tuba player. Or, oh. or like oh. auxiliary percussion. Ox perk. Right? Very, very likely to be ox percussion because the, the, the tambourine, it just kind of makes the... Right. Makes the band. Yeah. Um, but it's heavy. Uh-huh. So maybe it's something heavier than... Cowbell? Maybe it's cowbell. <laughs> So, um, so then we're just going to serve it up. We're going to have, um, you and I and Amber are going to enjoy this. Um, let's do a, let's do a scoop here and then I'm just here to assist. We'll just do, we won't do crazy amounts. We'll just do, um, little bits. So a uh, regular batch feed 16 ish. Well, I think if you want to do an appetizer mm -hmm. of it, yes. Um, if you want to do a full dinner of it, maybe eight. So maybe it's like 16 cups. And you know, I'm not yeah. totally Well, I can see that sure. this is going to be a generous amount, so. So 
just put a little egg on there and you, you might want to cut this up finer but i don't know. know i don't think it's as big as cowbell it's very decorative it totally goes it's not like the saturday night live skit <laughs> and then the sour cream is fun and i i might put it on the table so we can all sort of put more on if we want Ooh, that's a lot sorry a little sour cream on there and then I like dill on it and then just kind of dill that last. is a flavor I would not have thought of and oh, I can't really? wait to try it um and then some people put parsley in there so that would be our finished product wow um, I guess we could um, all right we're sitting down to eat this delicious borscht yes and um all right let's try this okay we've got the egg on top oh I want to add a little bit of the sour cream and the dill oh it's lemony because mm. I quartered the recipe I should have put a half of that lemon, but it is. It is I think it's still. delicious. And the funny thing is, if you look at it, you forget that you've got, you know, the beets and the celery and all that in there because it all looks like beets. It all looks like beets, I know, because the beets, people actually use beets juice for like coloring Easter eggs and stuff. And I think for coloring like clothing, I think it's like, a, well, obviously it's a natural dye. So, well, the egg is a really nice touch on this. And I guess it's also like a hearty, if you were having a vegetarian version and you were having it as a meal, I think you would put the egg on there for a little protein mm -hmm. pack. It's so good. It's bright. The vegetables aren't overdone. They're still got a little bit of a, or they have a lot of body to them. Yeah, I like to like see the beet, though the blended one is pretty fun too. Um, and that just makes it a nice creamy mm -hmm. soup. So delicious. Oh, thank you. So where can people find out about you? Well, I have a website, JennyConley.com, that needs to be updated, but I'm actually working on that right now. All right. Well, and <laughs> soon to be updated. And then the Decemberist website is Decemberist.com. And, um, you know, I have a Facebook, Jenny Conley music page on Facebook. That's probably the best place. That's where I, if I have a gig, I'll like post it there. And then that's sort of the best place right now until I get my website kind of happening. That's good. I was there this morning. Oh, great. Yeah, I liked you as my jazz singer page, but now I need to go try to like you as Marty's Music Kitchen and then yeah. me personally and, you know, all of those things that you mm -hmm. do. So, and, you know, our multi, our multifaceted world where you have a dozen accounts, right? Well, Jenny, I have to say this has just been a real pleasure and I'm, I'm, uh, I feel really special that you used um, this family recipe on the show and I just liked your neat. second borscht ever. Um, it is my second borscht <laughs> ever. I'm not kidding. And it's delicious. It's as delicious as I remember it. Oh, so how wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, let's catch up again soon. Sounds great. For our audience, be sure to check out our Quick Bites um, of Jenny's live performances today. Yep. Uh, watch highlights from the show on the Marty Mendenhall YouTube channel um, and subscribe, of course. We have a goal of making 1,000 subscribers mm -hmm. uh, by this fall, so I'm hoping to do that. And for now, we're going to say <gasps> bye. I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. Check out the new Marty's Music Kitchen Season 1 Cookbook featuring recipes, photos, and innovative QR codes so you can listen to the podcast while you cook. Buy it today at martymendenhall.com or on Amazon. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen.